Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name, of course, is still Paul Madot. Thank you very much for joining us. Today, I have Drew Praster. He is VP Ticket Sales and Services from the Charlotte Hornets MBA. Drew, what's going on, man? Paul, nice to meet you, man. Good to see you. Appreciate you having me on today. Nice to see you as well. I appreciate you being here. Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody. Uh, provide a quick intro, and then uh, let's jump into your episode. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Paul, for having me on today. Really excited about the conversation. Um, you know, my name is Drew Praster. I'm the VP of Ticket Sales and Service for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, finishing up our my 13th season here in Charlotte with the uh, with the Hornets. Um, have uh, ha- had had uh, the opportunity to, to work here for a long time, and um, actually started when we were still the Bobcats um, back in the, yeah. the, the mid 2000s. So. Um, you know, live here and right outside of Charlotte, have a couple of two kids and, and a wife and uh, looking forward to, to having a good time today with here on the on the show. Well, I'm all in. So with that said, let's get into it. So, you know, Drew, we were talking about the podcast. And as you know, the title of it is called Your Intention Matters. And it's, it's really stems from, you know, my my own philosophy and mindset that nothing is really given to any of us. Mm-hmm. And we can't really ride any coattails. And we all have big decisions to make and meandering paths. And, and most of us in the world of selling never thought we, we even had this in us. And yet here we are. And uh, with that said, let's get into your journey. You ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. All right, good. Let's go back in time. That's what we do on the podcast here. Let yeah. me see if I can get this right. Uh, Chowan? Chowan, yeah. Very Chowan, good. I got it. Okay, That's good. Impressive. Chowan, yeah. Chowan University, <laughs> circa mid 2000s, 2004, 2008. First of all, where is that university? Let's start with that. Yeah, it's in Murfreesboro, North Carolina. So it's a small town in Northeast North Carolina. It's like an hour south of Virginia Beach, which is normally the best kind of uh, marker for people to know where that's know where that's at. Gotcha. So I see here BS Sports Management. So it sounds like, and you keep me honest here, it sounds like you had an interest or thoughts of actually getting into professional sports as a career. A little bit, but I wasn't really sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I I was a baseball player. I went to Chihuahua to play baseball, but, um, you know, going into my um, freshman year of college, I I hurt my shoulder pitching. So I had to have a couple of shoulder surgeries. So the baseball thing kind of, you know, didn't happen for me, um, you know, after going through a couple of, uh, of injuries. So I had to kind of figure out what I wanted to, to do. I had grown up playing sports um, and, you know, sport management, while now it's a it's a just a huge platform. And, uh, you know, a lot of schools have a sport management program back in, you know, 2004, early 2000s, when I was graduating high school and getting ready to go into college, it was still kind of making its mark. And, you know, right. schools had it, but it wasn't kind of the the, the big platforms that it, that it has now. But you know, I, I had heard about it and learned about it and thought, hey, if I can't play sports anymore, you know, maybe I can work in sports in some form or fashion. I, I really going into school had no idea what that meant. Um, mm. Honestly, um, I, I did not know what that meant. Um, but I went there, um, you know, saying, hey, if I can't play anymore, 
there's got to be something that I can do around in and around the the environment. And and that was kind of where I where I started. So, Drew, let me ask you about your, your freshman year then, because you go in with it sounds like aspirations and a vision to actually playing pro ball. That's where your passion is and you're you're a pitcher and you get hurt. Did, did you did you have a vision of game seven, Kurt Schilling, the bloody sock and like <laughs> you're on the mound to, to win, win it all or and, and, and when you had the realization that that actually wasn't going to happen, what was it? Was it pretty traumatic for you at the time? Uh, yeah, it was, but I would say in a, in a different form, you know, I, I, Chuan, Chuan is a great place. It's, it's a division two school. So, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I had kind of not given up, but there was a certain real reality that had set in for me, um, going into school that, Hey, you know, probably not going to pitch for the Pittsburgh pirates, which I grew mm. up in Pittsburgh. And that was kind of, you know, Hey, you know, I would love to, to do that. What was more of the, 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 the traumatic experience for me was just, confronting an injury like that at an early at an early age at a young age and you know thinking about the future and saying how much do I really want to push this am I like what am I I'm not gonna pitch in the majors so am Mm. I gonna be able to play catch with my kids in the future like that was that was more of where my my mindset was at the time where Hey, I just don't want to hurt my shoulder so bad that I can't lift my arm up anymore. Right. So like, and I don't want to be able to not, you know, play catch with my kids and, you know, when right. I get older. So that was kind of more of where my, my mindset was going into it of like, okay, let's just do, you know, let's, let's do the surgeries, fix what I need to get fixed, you know, rehab how I need to rehab so that I can just kind of live how I want to live, gotcha. not have yeah. to, you know, not have to have, you know, issues down the road. Which is so much bigger than spring training in March, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it did help that you know I kind of I, I was I, I was lucky to, enough to kind of be living in a little bit of reality with my mindset of like, look, like you're 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 you don't throw ninety three, so like you're not you know you're not going to be you know pitching in the in the bigs one day. So like let's let's put this into like real um, you know terms and and, and you know uh, what do you what do you want to do? So once you graduated, did you get into sales right away? I did, but I didn't think I was going to. Um, like I, most I of worked, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I re- and it was really, you know, right down to the last couple of weeks of, of school um, before I before I accepted a job to, to kind of jump right into sales. Um, I had worked with our sports information department at Chowan um, very extensively my, my junior and senior years. Um, and really enjoyed that aspect of sport business um, and really thought that I was going to kind of go that route. Um, and, and then I, my advisor gave me back in the early 2000s, the NBA had this big ticket sales hiring fair, which they don't have any more. All the teams kind of do it themselves. But back then it was out in LA and like you could go there. Every team was there. You could get a, you get a job on the spot. And they sent, you know, letters out to all the colleges. My advisor got one was like, Hey, you know, you want to work in sports, like you should at least check this out. So that was really my introduction of, of ticket sales. So I was like, well, this seems interesting. Like I, you know, I did an internship between my junior and senior year of school that I did okay. a little bit with a minor league baseball team in Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And I did a little bit of ticket sales while I was there, um, did a little bit of everything with minor league baseball, but had a little bit of experience with it. I was like, you know what? I kind of liked it. I, you know, I, I seen maybe my personality fits it a little bit. 
Um, so I was like, let me at least see what this is about. And that's really where I dove in and, and, and tried to um, learn more about the industry. And then it was just like, oh, it was a watershed moment for me, just learning about what the industry is and, you know, how, how dynamic it, it is. And that's really what, what kind of got me into looking into the sales industry. And so after college, did you stay in North Carolina or did you head back to Pennsylvania? I, I went back to PA. So I actually started, I started my sports career with the same team that I did my internship with. Um, they, I, they hired me back a full time into a sales role with the Harrisburg Senators. It's a double A baseball team affiliate of the Washington Nationals up in, oh. up in Pennsylvania. So um, I went back there as a, in a sales role. So that was my main job, but in minor league baseball, um, you know, you do a little bit of everything, um, you know, smaller staffs. So, right. you know, I was shooting t-shirts into the stands. We were doing the in-between innings games, you know, when it rains, you push the tarp out on the field, like wow. it's all hands on deck, right. For with, with minor league baseball, it was a great experience. And I still have some great friends that work in minor league baseball, but I was there for about a year and, I really enjoyed the sales aspect of it. And I had, you know, kind of, I had interviewed with some NBA teams coming out of school. And after being in the minor league baseball environment for about a year, I was like, you know what, like, I really enjoy this, but I, I really want to just focus on sales because in our industry, you can grow quickly if you do things the right way. And I was like, you know what, I, I just want to try to do that. So that's when I kind of set out to, to figure that out. So I, uh... I'm just trying to visualize in the middle of a game, rain out, you're out there with your colleagues, rolling out the tarp. Someone in the crowd says, hey, look, there's Drew. There's my sales rep. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Pushing out the tarp, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a, it's a lot of fun, to be honest. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. The crowd gets into it. Like, that was, like, the most, um, you know, exhilarating experience, you know, and it kind of put you back into playing sports again because the crowd's cheering for you. The rain's coming down. The wind's blowing. And you're out there trying to push tarp onto the field with 10 of your colleagues. It was actually a lot of fun. You got a little wet, but it was, it was fun. So. You know, Drew, the way I'm wired is I believe that um, every salesperson's job is hard. I, I think mm -hmm. every sale is earned. I don't think anybody has, has an easy street to closing a deal, no matter what size company they work for. But, you know, where I live in, in Canada, I live in a small town of about 20, 22,000 people. And we have a local hockey team up here. They're a double A hockey team. So we're by no means the, we're about an hour and a half from Toronto. So it's a local kind of junior team. And, and I try to support the local market, but I, I, we got to think that trying to sell, um, you know, uh, tier two tickets to, to us, uh, you know, uh, a team that's not at the NHL level, not at the NBA level and, and you know, um, double A ball and triple A ball and so on. I got to think that's probably a harder sell because you don't have the Jarek Jeters to go see, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm curious about that. You know, as you look back on your career selling at the NBA level now mm -hmm. versus, um, you know, the, the, the Harrisburg Senators, was that a harder sale for you to try and get people to spend money on those tickets? Do you think? It definitely was um, because, it, but it, it absolutely, I think, put me in an advantageous position going into working, starting to work with the with the Bobcats, you know, later on. But it, it was a tough, it was a tough sale because you know it's baseball, so it's a lot of games. Yeah. First off, and then you're selling a minor league sport, so yeah, you are 100% selling the experience. I mean, there, you know, every once in a while, 
you'll get lucky and have one of the you know top prospects come through there. And, you know, people will want to come see that that player and that will help you, you know, and get a lift in, in ticket sales. But that doesn't happen every day. Now, mm. the, after I had left, the Senators had, were very fortunate. They had like Bryce Harper come through there, Steven Strasburg. They had a couple right. of like A plus players come through and actually were there for, you know, for a significant amount of time. So that, you know, that's one aspect of it. But you really had to focus on selling the experience because a minor league baseball game is an experience. And that, I mean, they do game entertainment better than anybody, in my opinion. I mean, they just, they rock it. They do a is great right? job of, you know, in, you know creating this atmosphere um, around the game that is very inviting for, for families. And, you know, even, you know, businesses will take people out. And, and there's a lot of group sales that happen with minor league baseball, too, where people will, right. you know, go out and they have picnic areas and things like that. So it is an entirely different sale for the most part um, from a minor league team to a, to a professional team. But, you know, it really, it really helped me when I started because um, when I started with the Bobcats, um, because I had that experience of having to focus on the experience and not on the team. And, and, and that was a huge leg up for me getting going. You know, Drew, the decision to um, to leave and then head back to North Carolina when you're when you're back home in Pennsylvania, did you take a look at any pro teams in Pennsylvania, whether it be Philly or Pittsburgh or, or combination of both, or were you set on moving back to North Carolina because of your college years? No, I I, I was interviewing with you know kind of multiple teams, and I'll tell you what really hooked me was two of you know the two managers that I interviewed with with the with the Bobcats, and getting back to North Carolina was great. Uh, you know, if, if I had the opportunity to do it, um, you know, I was going to going to do it. Um, it you know, it, it was a, it was a good move for us. But, you know, the, the two the two uh, men that I interviewed with um, and are still mentors and friends today, Mike Barbado and Mark Jackson, who are the two guys that, you know, interviewed me and then offered me the job to come to Charlotte. And I just had this great connection with those guys. And I was like, I, I need to go to Charlotte. And at the time, I mean, the Bobcats were not were not very good. I mean, it was, they were an expansion team about four or five years in yeah. you know, to the expansion um, uh, franchise. And, but it was just something about those two that when I interviewed, I was just like, I, that's the place that I need to go. Like they're going to, I, I just know they're going to help put me in a position to be successful as long as I, as long as I get down there and, and, and do what I'm supposed to do. So that was really the reason that I decided to, to leave and, and then move to Charlotte. And when did you first join the Bobcats at the time? September of 2009. So 2009. Okay. So you know, 10, 12 years ago now. Uh, how long was it before they became the Hornets? We turned back into the Hornets in 2015, I believe. So it was, you know, four or five years of, uh, um, you know, Bobcats seasons before uh, before we, we, we made the transition back. Okay, cool. And so now I, I know your VP ticket sales today did you join uh, the Bobcats in a leadership role or as an individual contributor? I, I started in our entry level sales role. So okay. I started as an inside sales representative um, with the Bobcats. Um, you know, it's a 10 to 12 month program where you come in, you learn how to sell, you learn the industry. Um, and, and then you have to really prove your sh- yourself to, you know, get an opportunity to get uh, get promoted to an account executive level. Um, so I was lucky enough to, to start on the ground floor. You know, I, I, I admit that I don't know the, the North Carolina sports market very well in terms of 
the closeness and proximity of cities and teams and college level and pro level. Um, were the Bobcats a hard sell? Yes, um, they were. So there was a lot of dynamics going on in Charlotte at the time, um, you know, with, with the Bobcats, obviously the, you know, the Hornets are what most people remember about the basketball mm-hmm. team in Charlotte through the nineties. They had a massive following the colors, the brand. I mean, everybody had a Hornets starter jacket when I was growing up, even yeah. if you weren't from North Carolina at all, you know, so um, they had this massive brand, but things really turned sour when they left and, and then, you know, moved out of, out of Charlotte in the late nineties. And then there was just a lot of intricacies happening around, you know, the expansion franchise, the team wasn't very good. And so there was just a lot happening when I got here in 2009, a lot of barriers in front of us to, to really um, have success selling. The decision to move from, you know, it it sounds like you maybe have a path for inside sales, maybe become an account manager, the the progression into maybe management and then, you know, VP level and so on. That's the way it certainly was when I worked at Xerox, it was almost like it said, you do this first couple of years here, do this next, et cetera. But the decision to move into leadership and a, a manager VP role you know, at least in my experience, you know, dipping into management at a time, it's a totally different skill set. It's, it's a totally different job. You, you, you can be the, the best salesperson in the world and an average at best leader, manager, director, and yet you can be uh, an amazing leader from a VP perspective, sales manager, team leader, et cetera, and be like a lousy salesperson or an average yeah. one at best. They're just totally different skill sets. So did you raise your hand? Were, were you kind of interested in that? Or did they did they have to maybe tap you on the shoulder to say, hey, Drew, we want you to start considering this is your next role? So I, I kind of came into, you know, I had that year of sales experience already working for the senators. And I, you know, I, I had come into the Bobcats kind of having a path in mind of how I wanted to, what I wanted to do and kind of where, where I kind of wanted to, to, to grow into. So I had always kind of had in my mind that I wanted to move into a management role, um, you know, down the line. It's just always been something that um, I felt like I, I had the skill set to do. I, I, you know, I, I sold at a high level and I did that, but there was just always something about, you know, being able to help train and, and grow um, others that that was something that was always just more appealing to me. Um, so so I had kind of had that in my mind that you know it was something that I wanted to do. Um, and, and honestly, I didn't think I, I sold you know premium seats for a little while, which actually ended up really helping me out down the line. But I'd always envisioned myself going into like an account executive position, selling for a couple of years there, and then hopefully moving mm-hmm. into a management role. But it was my mentors and leaders at the time that said, hey, like, no, you you should go down this kind of higher level selling route first. It's not going to hurt you. It's only going to help you grow more. Um, so, you know, I kind of, um, you know, um, strayed from what I thought was my path to, to sell premium seats for, for a little while to kind of get that more high level selling experience under my belt before I actually moved into a management role. You know, Drew, let's talk about the last couple of years. Uh, NBA shuts down. That, that's when NBA shuts down in 2020, like for the year at the end, of, in, in the middle of March of 2020. And that's actually when COVID kind of became really real to me uh, mm-hmm. here in North America. I, I didn't have this position that it was a hoax or it was some scam or whatever, but I didn't think it was going to have the impact that it had on the world. Quite frankly. So I got it wrong from the word go. 
And then the whole Rudy Goudet incident and et cetera. And then the NBA shuts down. I'm like, wait a second. Like, it's not just canceling a couple games here, but the NBA is shut down. Right. So how do you navigate through that when, when you can't sell tickets anymore? Like, that's it. Like you're shut down. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it was wild. And, and I agree. I don't think anybody really thought that it was going to have the impact that it was going to have. You know, none of us lived through anything like that before. But I, I agree. I, I mean, I vividly remember that night in March of, you know, sitting in shock when the you know breaking news came across that the NBA was shutting down. We were we yeah. were actually we had a game in Miami that night. So I was watching our our away game. And, um, you know, it felt like the whole world was just kind of stopping. That was the same night that, like, Tom Hanks, you know, uh, That's tested right. positive. He announced, like, absolutely. Is, yeah, like, what is happening? It was wild. But, I mean, it um, it completely changed, you know, everything that we do from a structure standpoint. We kind of pride ourselves on having a blueprint for success and, you know, having to – we never worked from home. You know, we we never – you know, worked virtually anything like that. So it really flipped everything, um, you know, on its head for us to, to try to figure, figure out what we were going to do. But, you know, we, we really just tried to navigate it the best we could. And fortunate to work for an organization and an owner that put people first and always has since I've been here for 13 years. And, um, you know, we were able to navigate that situation, but really what we did is, you know, we, and, and, you know, we, we kept selling. There was a few weeks there where we kind of had to stop because we didn't know what was happening, right? right. Like we, nobody knew what was happening. And um, before they announced the bubble and everything like that. So there was a couple of weeks where we kind of had to stop and really we focused on our, our, our people and training and um, just being present for everybody um, and, and making sure that everybody you know, was, was okay. Um, and that we were working through kind of just everything that was going around, um, going on around us. Um, but then once the bubble got announced and we found out that we weren't going to be playing in the bubble, we just flipped the switch and said, okay, like we don't have a season this year, but it's already, you know, around that time is when we start selling for our next season anyway. So we said, let's, let's go. Like, let's, let's start selling for next year. Like, yeah, we're, we're in uncertain times. We get it, but it's, it, it wasn't like there was a light at the end of the tunnel at that point. Right. Yeah. Like it was still nobody, you know, it was still very chaotic and very uncertain. So we said, you know, let's, let's just move the goalpost to the next season and let's, let's keep moving forward. It was the best thing that we felt like we could do at the time. And I think it really, it really paid off for us. The last couple of years, did that factor into your decision to go after your executive MBA or was that always, you know, kind of in your scope? Uh, it, it, it was something I had actually started the process of, you know, um, uh, kind of looking at schools and doing my research on what the different programs that I could have um, that I could potentially attend um, right before COVID actually hit. So I had, I had started that process already. It was kind of I, I was at a point in my career, it was always something that it was in the back of my mind that I wanted to do. And I was getting to the point there in early 2020 where I was like, okay, um, my kids are still young enough that I'm not going to miss a ton. Yeah. Kind of have a, you know, a, a more solid foundation uh, with my career. And this is the time that if I'm going to do this, something that I've wanted to do, I need to go do it. Um, because if I wait much longer, 
my kids are going to be older. I'm not going to want to miss the things that they're doing. Um, work's only going to get busier. Like yeah. if I'm going to do it, I need to go do it now. Um, and so it was just that kind of time in my life where I said, okay, if this is something that I really want to do. And it was, I need to, I need to go for it. Well, you know, I asked I asked you that question because I I have I don't have my executive MBA, couldn't even begin to tell you what's involved or the commitment, but I have a couple of buddies who've done it and I know that it's a full-time job just to do that. And, and it, you can't just you can't half-ass it, you can't wing it. It's like you got to be in there's groups and people holding everyone accountable and and it, it's it's not insignificant from a dollar standpoint, so you might as well do it if you're going to do it. And so that's why I asked you the question. And so Last question for you, Drew, because you've had a great ride here. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. We're coming up to the end of the NBA season. Top six get in. As I'm recording this, my Raptors are number six. Yes. Seven through 10 is a, is a play-in. The Hornets yep. are in there. What are these, seventh or eighth right now? Ninth, maybe? Uh, we, we, we unfortunately lost last night, so we dropped back to ninth. But we're only a half game out of seven. Or eight. Right. Half game out of eight, yeah. All right, so what's the forecast? What's the prediction for the Hornets this year? I, I think we're going to make some noise. I think we're going to make some noise. Um, we've got a, a really, really exciting young team that I think can beat anybody. Um, you know, we took Denver to to the limits last night. Um, we beat Brooklyn the other night. So, I mean, we we just we have some some really strong young players that when we're on, I think we can go toe to toe with anybody in the NBA. So it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks here. Well, Drew, man, it's been a lot of fun having you on, you sharing your story. Uh, is it, sorry, Chowan? Let me sure I get that right. Yep, Got it right? Yep. Okay, good. So Pennsylvania boy, you head down to North Carolina and, and the Carolinas for uh, passion for baseball. You get injured early on in your school career. You have an epiphany that says, wait a second. Okay, this isn't so much about me maybe pitching again, but I want to be able to eat dinner fine. And I want to be able to play with my kids. If I have kids at some point, you move back home to Pennsylvania, you get into sports, sports selling. You didn't think you'd be a salesperson. You were, but then you were more than that. You're out there throwing t-shirts into the crowd and rolling out the tarp. And and then you had some fun doing that. And then you have aspirations for more and you find the Bobcats and the Hornets and you get your executive MBA in the process father, a husband, and uh, just congrats on everything you've been able to create, man. It's been impressive. I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I had a, had a lot of fun today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. All right, everybody, let's wrap it up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. And for my guest, Drew, I guess I'll say let's go Hornets. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, thanks everyone for listening.